welcome to another episode of Daddy Unscripted. My name is Tim Wheaton, and I am your host. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Daddy Unscripted. This will go just under the Daddy Unscripted theme, not one of the other side paths of the podcast. And I'm welcoming you back as summer is coming to its end. For some of you, that may not mean heat-wise or weather-wise, but on the calendar, it's actually getting close to its end here, and we are ready for fall. And I'm just going to bring you this episode. This will just be me talking with you about some really big things that are changing in my life and hoping to inspire those of you who may be in some kind of a rut or needing some kind of a nudge or feeling like there are things that you cannot change that you've just kind of settled yourself into because I've been feeling that a lot for, I don't know, the past couple of years, uh, maybe more in different ways and in different areas of my life. So I am here to Um, with Hans and Franz's help, I'm definitely dating myself. Uh, I'm here to pump, insert the clap, you up. (laughs) I'm not going to do, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm here to pump you up. Okay. That is hopefully not going to get me in a lawsuit from SNL. Uh, if you don't know what that is, look it up. Hans and Franz, amazing stuff. Uh, anyways, let me really quickly do the business part before I get too deep into this. And that means I'm going to remind you that Daddy Unscripted is very proud, as always, to be part of Osiris Media. The Osiris Media Group has some great things coming out very soon and continuing an extremely strong and varied year of podcasts that they are bringing out to you. I will just tell you that very soon on September 8th, Osiris is going to launch season two of Undermine, which the first season, you'll remember, did a really deep dive on the origin years of Fish, and it was just a massive smash hit with so many people, I'm sure not just Fish fans, I'm sure a lot of them were, but... But with the second season of Undermine, they are going to focus on the community of fans that help make Fish one of the most compelling and enduring bands in the world. There's more than 100 interviews that took place with members of the community from all walks of life. And the second season will provide the most comprehensive look at the Fish fan community to date. It's going to be really cool. So check that out. Go to OsirisPod.com, find Undermine, find Undermine everywhere that you get your or anywhere that you get your podcasts normally and subscribe. Be ready as season two hits on September 8th. I'll also remind you that Osiris Media is proudly partnered with Jambase. Go to jambase.com to track and find live music that is still potentially happening near you. Still so many things changing and happening with concerts and how artists are reacting and trying to be flexible with what's still very much going on in our world, in the world with our pandemic. So check out jambase.com to find out things that are happening near you still 
or things even that you are able to stream and watch from your very own home if you are not going out on the road to see your favorite band. Okay, and here we are. We're getting right into the guts of the episode. I think this is a world record for how soon that has happened in one of my in one of my podcast episodes. I will admit that the title of this Daddy Unscripted episode does feel a little James Bondish. It actually feels a little anti James Bondish because I think James Bond would have a different title, like it would be "It's Too Late to Live" or something like that. But I'll tell you the meaning behind the title of Never Too Late to Live is truly something that I have been thinking about for over a month now, really, really firmly entrenched in my mind because, look, I'm in my late 40s. I may not look it. I look more like I'm in my 50s. (laughs) I'll take I'll take the jokes on myself before you guys get your chance at making the joke. Isn't that such a thing that some of us do? But truly, there are two different things going on in my life right now that I had really kind of settled on a different direction on the idea that these things maybe would not happen. And one of them is more career based and one of them is more life based. So I'll go career first because alphabetically, right? Career, life, career, or health, it still is alphabetically first. So going back much, much earlier in my life, I always loved writing. I always loved reading and writing to the point where when I was, I think, 12 years old, I might have been about to turn 13 that year, but the summer before eighth grade, I believe is when when I did this. And I stayed home the entire summer, which is just so out of the norm for me because we lived very close to the beach. And normally my summers, we were just, my brother and I were going to the beach like every single day. And I remember taking a lot of heat, understandably so, from him as a young preteen. I was not really spending much time outside for an entire summer because I was staying at my house and writing a book. And I could honestly see my daughter doing this someday as well. But nothing happened with this book. Don't start Googling Tim Wheaton author or anything like that, like it never went anywhere. And I never really tried to have it go anywhere. But I stayed home and wrote an entire book. It was like an adventure kind of Indiana Jonesy kind of story. And it was, I think I typed and this was way back, you know, in the 80s. So I was doing it actually on a typewriter. And it was over 200 pages. It was quite an undertaking for 12-year-old me sitting all day and writing this book. So continue on down the road of my life, and I wrote a lot of short stories and what may be niched as a novella during those high school years. I was also doing a lot of poetry and doing a lot of other forms of writing. When I went to junior college, I really was going for English, thinking maybe that I would be a teacher or a writer, and also thinking potentially I'll 
go into writing, directing because of my lifelong passion of film and cinema. And eventually, when I started working at Tower Records back in 1990, I happened to work with somebody and I'm not I'm going to try to not name drop here as much as possible. But I worked with somebody, Steven Spielberg, just kidding, just kidding. I worked with somebody who was very good friends with a, an extremely successful writer, director in Hollywood and was one of the most successful action movie writers up there at that time. And I was very good friends with this guy and... I guess it was probably around 93 or so, and I would hang out with him and decided that I wanted to also do that, learn how to write scripts and learn how to write for film. And I did a lot of that even when I moved in late 1994 to England. That's a whole nother story. But I moved to England because I was saying basically all I'm doing here is working and writing because I was writing my second screenplay at this time, I believe. And so I just said, I'll just move to England. So moved to England, finished my second screenplay there. Also, don't look up Tim Wheaton, screenwriter, because there's nothing available. (laughs) But I was writing, writing, writing in like 95, 90 through 95 through 98, 99 or so. I was, there were times where I was going up to Hollywood every single weekend and hanging out with this group of people that was a large group of many writers and directors and some actors and was bouncing ideas back and forth with multiple writers and definitely including my friend. And I would give him my script and ask him for notes. And I was doing the same for him on things that he ended up actually selling. But I did that during that time. And I think around 2000 or so, I just stopped. Uh, I, I didn't really have the time much anymore. I couldn't figure it into my life. I didn't feel like I was ever going to make it. And I just kind of stopped writing. During that time, I had done songs for a band I was in. Also, you don't need to look that up. And doing still more poetry and doing all these different various forms of writing. And I just kind of left writing out of my life. So the writing that I have done since then has been, you know, for these posts for my podcast, uh, doing different blog writings here and there, stuff like that, and nothing of any kind of creative writing like I had been doing in the past. So cut to, to use a movie term, look at that, about three months ago or so. I have been friends with somebody who is in a different form of entertainment media. And long story short, I am now writing for a show that is on Twitch every Tuesday and Wednesday night. We're currently in the second season. It's called Celebrity Showdown. And it's two celebrity golfers matching up and playing on a really incredible virtual golf thing. Not like something you'd say at Dave and Buster's. I mean, kind of like it, but like 10 times better. And 
it's on every Tuesday and Wednesday, and I got hired on late in the first season to become the writer. It's a it's a totally different form of writing because it I'm writing for the host basically, and he's not working with a teleprompter. It's and it's it's live, so it's kind of funky. You know, I can't really send him notes into his ear during the show or anything like that. So it, it's completely unique and different than anything I've ever done, but this thing that I had been doing and so dead set on building my life around when I was younger and even, you know, in my 20s when, you know, my brain was at least a little more developed than when I was 12 and writing a book. And this has been on the shelf for 20 years or so, this thing that I had really, really wanted to do and felt like I was good at and had been told I was good at. And now this opportunity just kind of serendipitously came into my life and I went for it and I am doing it now. And that is part one of my pump you up to you guys because there may be When I say guys, I mean all of you, not just guys, because I know that I have women listening as well. So I'll just stick with my common y'all in this. Okay, so for all of you, for something that is maybe dormant in your heart, soul, mind, whatever it may be that you love doing, it may just need that little bit of awakening for you to get back into it. And it can be something that isn't absolutely it can be something that is not career based, that it it doesn't necessarily mean it's something that you are going to do that is going to make you money or something like that. It can be something as simple as reading. Something that you used to really love doing and used to make the time for, and now you can't seem to make the time for it anymore, but that fills you up in some way. I just want to encourage you guys to not look past these things from your past that brought you joy that you can definitely go back into, okay? I'm going to drop my title again right here. It is never too late to live. And pessimists will say, well, it might be too late if it's really too late. You know what that means. But yes, while you are alive, it is never too late to live. Think about all the people that have jumped into something creative or even some kind of, I'll use one of my future guests, Joy, here as an example. So little shout out to mahoganymommies.com or Mahogany Mommies on Instagram and all that stuff. She has been a teacher for a very long time and just was able to retire before this new school year started because her independent business that she made, which is built on her love for people, her care for people, and her thoughts about that. It's a lot of t-shirts and stuff like that with sayings on them. I wear a few of them proudly all the time. And she was able to retire and pursue that, this new little dream that she had. And I know that this isn't maybe something from her past, but I'm just saying like it is absolutely never too late for you to do something 
different than what you are doing right now. And I'm not telling you all to quit your jobs and quit your careers and all that kind of stuff to chase something right now. But you do and can, almost all of you, I would say, unanimously are able to carve out the time to do something that you want to do that will be fulfilling for you and make you a better person that in turn, as I always say this all the time, that then makes it possible for you to be a better person to those around you. And that's that important part. It's not just something I'm assuming y'all are creating this thing and then sitting on it and being on your nice, warm bed warmer and holding it all to yourself, it is then something that is perpetually making the world a better place, starting very small, being your family, being your kids, being your siblings, being your coworkers that are all feeling this better you because of your self-fulfillment And then that is potentially spilling out and spreading over to others. So this is my version of that for me because I am doing these things. And then I try to in turn use what I can, which is the podcast and other routes like my Twitter account or whatever, where I'm trying to spread that out to more people than just my little family or my people that I work with or whatever. And I firmly believe in that. My little side tandem note right here will be the idea of and this is coming from something that I was listening to this week. It's been a thought of mine for, I guess, maybe a couple years if I'm thinking back to kind of when this started. But the shut up and dribble that some newscasters were saying or news personalities were saying to LeBron and to some other athletes when they were trying to make a stance for social justice. We don't want to hear what you have to say. Just shut up and dribble. Just shut up and play sports. Stay in your lane. That's so dumb. Like, we are all people who have feelings. It doesn't matter if it's Robert De Niro, if it's You know, these actors who are using their stage on the Grammys or the Oscars, like, why should they not use their platforms to say what they feel as human beings? Something that is very important to them. Like, that's just never made sense to me. The I don't want to watch the Grammys because they're all going to talk about things that they believe in. Like, why would they not? Like, if you believe in something, believe in it. I may not agree with some of the things and you may not agree with some of the things that they believe in. Yes, that's fine. But what if everybody stayed in their lane, we would never hear about anything from anyone. So because I what work in the healthcare field, I should never talk about anything having to do with anything. Sports is out of my lane because I'm not a sports caster or an athlete. Like, why am I? Why do I ever talk with anybody about sports? So, sorry, had to get that out. I believe that you all should be able to have discussions about things and continue to be open to learn from other people and think about who you are learning things from. I thought it was extremely, all of the things that I have seen are so appropriate about people saying And this is, I'm taking this little thing from a fellow Osiris Media podcast, the Road to Now podcast, 
a recent episode when they were talking with Lee McIntyre about how to talk to a science denier. And they were saying, and I put this quote on my Twitter account, on my Daddy Unscripted account, how do we convince someone that going to YouTube isn't, quote, doing research? You can use YouTube, you can use Facebook, you can use whatever there. And the people who continue to shove out and perpetuate this false information about different things, so many different things in the past couple few years, some of which can prove to be deadly for some people. And I know I'm off on my tangent. I'm going to seal it up with just saying, pay attention to the right people. Listen to people who actually have studied things, et cetera, et cetera. Wow, I'm way off on a tangent. I apologize. So my second thing that I'm going to talk about being never too late to live is being in my late 40s. Let me go back. Quick insert here is I should have said I've had weird eating issues since I was a baby. Basically, I have very specific taste issues and extremely specific and fairly extreme texture issues. If you've heard me talk about autism on any of my previous episodes, that will kind of ring that little bell for you. But you can also follow my Instagram account called Tim Ate That, just like it sounds, to see more about that. When I was younger, I when I was in high school, I was always a string bean. And I was, I think my, my top weight was like 130 in high school. And even through like 26, 25, somewhere around there, I was still around 135 to 145. Like that was my max. I was always just really thin. And my, it's funny because my kids are like total string beans as well. And that's the way I was always built. And hmm, I'm coming to a thinking point here as this is unscripted. And I just did a really long tweet about this that I haven't posted yet. It's sitting in my drafts. It's this really long thread. Am I going to go into this? I am. I'm going to go into this because if I can put it on Twitter, I can put it on here, right? So I will give my little, I put this on a few of my tweets, my trigger warning. So I'm just warning you guys, I am going to talk about eating disorders right now. Okay. So if anybody needs to make sure that they are not listening to this out loud around kids or whatever, somebody who is susceptible to this or is going to be triggered by this, skip ahead. Okay, to skip that trigger warning, to skip ahead, I think it's safe to say go about five minutes ahead in the recording. You may need to go back, like click that little 15 second rewind button or so, but about five minutes is how long this is going to take before we get past the uh, eating disorder trigger warning for you guys. Okay. So when I started gaining weight because my metabolism was starting to slow down, finally, I wasn't as active as I was. I was in a cubicle job where I was sitting most of the day and all of the eating that I used to always do and never gain any weight was now finally starting to have an effect on me. And I'm not sure how old I was. I was in my 30s 
And this really, I didn't know how to deal with this. And I didn't like what was happening. I didn't want to start getting a belly. And I didn't, I was also not a runner or a worker outer or anything like that. And I would eat really crappy food a lot of the time and at lunches at work and stuff like that. And I started, I have no idea what made me think to do this. I don't recall at all, but I decided the route I was going to take to try to counter it was bulimia. And it wasn't a weight loss thing. It was a anti-weight gain thing. So I would go and go get Del Taco or Taco Bell or whatever and eat my two or three burritos. And I would feel immediate, like just this rush of guilt, like, oh, why did you do that again? You're so uh, now you're going to gain this weight. That was so stupid. I didn't want to do that. Why did I do that? I'm going to the bathroom. And I would do this at work at my very professional wearing a tie at work place of business and go into a bathroom stall, stick my fingers down into the back of my throat and make myself vomit. And TMI, I am not a quiet vomiter. I don't know if there are people. I've never taken a poll, but it's really loud. I do things very loudly. I'm a loud sneezer. I'm a loud laugher. I'm a loud clapper. Is that a thing? I clap very loudly. And I am a loud, loud vomiter. I am yelling into the toilet bowl like I'm trying to talk to somebody across town through a tin can with a string attached. Like, I'm really loud. So I know that somebody... I do remember at some point more than once somebody like asking, did you hear somebody in the bathroom just a minute ago? And ah, I didn't hear anything. So that became a very regular thing for me. And it was not good. Not good. It was very painful. It was a horrible cycle. It was a massively horrible mental cycle for me. And it just, you can imagine like the, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Here I am. I'm doing this. Referring to me getting the food in the first place, eating it, knowing how good it is tasting to me. And really at points thinking, I'm just going to throw this up. Like it's going to be okay. I'm just going to throw, let me just keep going. I'm going to throw it up, whatever. And then really when I'm done having that immense guilt, going and throwing it up, having the, the real pain of that, of throwing up all of my food and then the guilt after that. So it was just this like really horrible cycle that I was in for months and months. And eventually the thing that kind of pushed me over the edge was me doing it at home and doing it in the shower. And it was just really bad. And um, I finally stopped doing it. So shortly after that, I started trying to be semi-vegetarian, vegan-ish, and trying to eat different to try to keep myself from gaining the weight. And I I got really skinny again um, while I was doing that. And then I just kind of stopped doing that. I started dating my wife and started eating regularly. You know, you get that. Uh, what, do, what do they call the freshman 10 of a relationship? There should be something um, 
I don't know, you get comfortable and you start eating a lot together. You're going on dates and eating meals together. And then you, you just kind of fall into that. For many of us, some of you don't do this. And my hat's off to you. I'm actually not wearing a hat, so my hat is off to you. But I eventually started just kind of gaining weight. And my wife appreciated that because she didn't like the bone bony version of me. So it just kind of kept going. And... A few years ago, when I was kind of getting at the 200-pound mark, my height is 5'11", just to give you some consideration to that, for those of you who are thinking, I don't know if that's horrible or what, but I started doing this thing called the 4-Hour Body that some of my other friends, my other male friends were doing, and lost, you know, some weight doing that and got down to, I think I was below 190 and I, I kind of felt okay with that. And eventually I just, I got so sick of what I was eating time and time again on this diet that I just kind of, you know, started doing whatever again. And just recently, like over the past handful, I would say over the course of this year and quarantine obviously didn't help. Like with so many others of you, I know I've seen this and heard it all over. And I started my 205 to 206 weight maximum, finally got to where it was 210 to 213. I don't think I ever saw my weight higher than 213, but I did see it at 213. And you could see, like, you could see it. I wish I had taken before photos before I started this whole thing. I didn't. I I have some photos that I may use as when I get to a, a more significant weight loss. But I just said, I can't do this anymore. My wife's been asking me to change for health reasons, really. Like, you you need to be healthier. I want you to live longer for our kids. You know, I wasn't massively obese or anything like that, but it wasn't great. And I started having more body pains and, and I'm just feeling old. And I finally just put my own foot down. It's been like close to three weeks now. And I just said one Monday, three weeks ago, I just said, I'm I'm done. I'm changing things. I need to stop doing this. And one of the really big things for me has been my coffee routine because I've been drinking coffee since literally the day I, I mean, I drank it a little bit when I was in high school in those days, but the first day that I started my coffee, my new caffeine addiction was the day we brought my daughter home. So it's been almost 13 years now that I've been drinking a lot of coffee every single day. Every single morning, that is part of my routine, and I don't like the taste of black normal coffee, so I am making it extremely light, beige, like like the color of the light khaki pants at the Gap. Gap? Best Buy? Best Buy. And that would be accomplished via very bad, sugary, chemically changed creamers. I'm talking the coffee mate and the flavored stuff. Like I put in my, one of my Instagram stories not that long ago, I had fallen in love with the cinnamon toast crunch flavored (laughs) creamer. And I would be putting so much of it and drinking so much coffee with all this creamer. And there was a time when at work, after I had my morning coffee, I was literally drinking coffee until some days three or four in the afternoon. And I was having 
I don't think it's ludicrous to say up to 15 mugs of coffee a day. So with all that creamer, all that sugar. And recently I had started just because of I like the taste of this. I had started drinking soda every day as well. So my sugar intake had become so high and I was eating so much breads and grains and so much sugar that I think I just needed to like put my foot down and say I'm severing ties with those things. So what I started doing, and I called it Mito instead of Keto because it's my Keto because I'm not really doing Keto. But is it keto? Keto? Keto. Why am I saying a keto? Keto, which I'm not having any grains. I'm not having any breads. I'm not having rice. I'm not like a lot of whites and browns are getting cut out. I'm not having any sugars. I'm trying to not have processed foods as much as possible, but I'm not full blown keto. But I am also doing a a semblance of intermittent fasting, which isn't that different from what I was doing before. I'm not a breakfast eater, so I really wasn't eating breakfast. But now I am keeping myself from eating until about noon to one. Um, some days it's a little bit later just because I struggle to be able to lunch earlier in the day at work. But the average is probably about 1 p.m. And I'm trying to eat my dinner between 6 and 7. So I'm not eating anything after 7 p.m. And that is huge for me also because I and my wife have a tendency to want something to snack on in bed. So sometimes 9 o'clock rolls in and I'm coming down and getting a bowl of cereal or some chips or whatever it may be. And I'm not doing that anymore either. So... I'm not having anything aside from a mug of black coffee in the morning. And I tried doing Bulletproof, can't do it. Horrible, disgusting, gross, just awful, can't do it. But I'm just having black coffee in the morning. I'm sometimes having another mug of black coffee if I'm feeling tired later in the day. But mostly I'm having one mug of coffee now. And then I'm waiting and having my lunch. And then I'm able to do whatever between that time period. I'm limiting it, but then I'm eating my dinner and then I'm done. And it has been so tremendous, such a huge change for me. And I'm drinking way more water than I used to, which I haven't done in a long time. And over the course of uh, like 16, 17 days, I had already lost 12 pounds that just melted off of me because of the things I was cutting off. I'm not being very active. I'm not changing anything there yet because of how heavy I was. I couldn't run like it really hurt for me to do things, but I'm on the brink. I think once I reach like 195, I'm going to start doing active things. My wife and I had started playing tennis again, which was good and um, keeping me active and was a good activity. Um, Also made me feel a little bit like I was going to keel over and die because of how heavy I was at that time. But I think uh, once we start doing that more, when I weigh a little bit less, it will feel so much different. But here's the never too late to live in that is I had become completely to a level okay with where I was at. How am I going to do this? How am I going to change my diet? How am I going to 
create a space for me to add activities, workouts, whatever it may be in my very busy day. And now I am busier than ever because of the writing for this show. This is all coming full circle now. Busier than ever for the writing of this show and busier than ever with work and everything going on. The kids are back in school. Like everything's happening right now. But this is when I'm still working that much harder to find the ability to do this stuff because I needed to. I wanted to, but I also needed to. With the health part, it is a need. With the writing part, it is a want. And it's also a little bit of a need that I may not classify as a need, but it does fulfill a need for me. And it does make me a better person because I am getting that fulfillment. And that little bit of things that at times is resonating as joyful to me is then able to spread out to other people. As I am tapping into this side of me that really had kind of not only, I should say, like in my death of writing, what kind of took that spot in my life was photography. And that part has also now gone away because I'm really not doing my photography much at all anymore. And so now I'm really tapping into this much deeper joy giving section of creative to me that is really filling a cup for me massively that really I'm trying to spill out to all y'all in that way as well. So you are welcome for that and please partake in it. So in summation, with all of this, 100%, even if I was 60, I would still be saying this. Even if I was 30, I would still be saying this. Because it doesn't matter. There are different people at different stages of their lives that are really settling in and allowing these things of the past that maybe could be very good for their present and their future to just remain in the past. So I will say it again. It is never too late to live. Whatever that may be for you, I want to encourage you to reconnect with that thing or like I said, with with joy of Mahogany Mommies, connect with that thing. Try something new. That may be what this is for you. Never Too Late to Live might be absolutely trying something new. And it is never too late to do that. So that is my massive encouragement to you guys right now with this episode. I'm so thankful for all of you. As as I always say, thank you so much for listening and for being part of this and for continuing to converse with me, to have a back and forth with me, continue to reach out. So Daddy Unscripted, I am everywhere on social media. I am on Instagram. I am on Twitter. The Facebook is still there. It's just hanging on. Um, I'm not really active on there. So Come to Twitter, come to Instagram, come to my website for the texts that go along with my episodes. That's at daddyunscripted.com. Or you can go to osirispod.com where all things Osiris Media reside and you can find it on there. That's a way for you to listen online in case you want to sit at your computer. That's an easy way to listen to any of the podcasts because they have media players with each episode. You can send me an email at daddyunscripted at gmail.com. And I will just say right here really quickly, 
We are still in difficult times. We're still experiencing that at different levels, all of us. For anyone who may need help making it through a difficult, very tough patch, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, the number is 800-273-8255. Also, I have a Google Voice number for any of you to use at any time. You don't have to say your name. You don't have to ask me for a response. Or you can. We can talk back and forth. But that number for you all to use is 872-444-6784. Leave me a message. I'll get in touch with you if you want. Or you can just have that be a safe place for you to vent if you need to vent about something. But I'm here for all of you. If you need anything, if you need an ear, if you need somebody who's not biased in some kind of situation, I can be that for you. I just want you all to know how much you mean to me and how grateful I am for all of you. Thank you so much. Okay, this is coming out just at the end of August. Should be a new episode coming out in the next two to three weeks or so. I've got some big guests on the horizon that I can't wait to sit and record with and let you guys hear those conversations. I'm not going to say any names, but Steven Spielberg is not one of them, okay? (laughs) So you guys keep your eyes open. Thanks again for everything. Be good to one another. Do these things. Do all of the little and or big things to bring you joy and then Pass that on to other people. Let's continue to, I feel like I should have love train. I'm going to find a way. Maybe you're hearing it right now. I'm going to find a way to have the song love train in the background right now, because that is how I feel about all this. That is such a great song and such a great message. So pass it on. Keep the love train going, you guys. Keep it going, and we can make differences little and then potentially big in our worlds, in our communities. Thanks, you guys, so much. I love all of you. Thank you so much for listening, and keep your eye out for the next episode. Have a great rest of the week. 